All right, hey guys, welcome to our seventh episode of the Carnivore Roundtable. Today, our topic is carnivore diet variety. My name is Vajit Khan. I am a medical doctor, uh, Canadian trained and uh, fellowship uh, trained uh, radiologist. And uh, one of my big passions is um, health through nutrition, disease prevention through diet, um, and learning all about it. So that's why I'm participating in the Carnivore Roundtable. And I'm going to hand it over to our my other co-hosts, Alicia and Petra, to introduce themselves. So Alicia, do you want to say hello to everybody? Sure. So hi, everyone. My name is Alicia, as Wajid said. Um, I'm just a regular person with a passion for health and nutrition. And I found myself following a low-carb diet about four years now um, and more animal-based in the past year and a half. And I just love learning about all of this fun stuff and doing a deeper dive into a lot of these different topics like today. So super excited. Excited for the... <laughs> can we edit that back? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can, I can remove the F-bomb. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Right. You think this isn't live? Okay, okay. Let me let me restart that. Okay, so <laughs> so bad. We like just cuts to me. Okay, so hi everyone. My name is Alicia, as Vajid said, and I am just a regular person with a passion for health and nutrition. I have been following a low carb diet for the past four-ish years and more animal based for the past year and a half. Um, I'm super excited to do a deeper dive into the health and nutrition talks with Austin today. So yeah, let's get going. <laughs> And hey guys, I'm Petra. Um, I'm from the meters on Instagram. So only one meter is here today. <laughs> Daniel won't be joining us, but um, I've been eating an animal-based diet for a little bit over a year and a half and have found this kind of like a newfound passion for uh, health through nutrition. And I'm really looking forward to today's episode. Okay, great. So on that note, I'm going to introduce our guest today on the Carnival Roundtable. So this is uh, Austin Cavelli. Uh, she's a nationally certified physician assistant and dietary consultant who has treated thousands of patients with acute and chronic inflammatory diseases, including various autoimmune, auto, sorry, autoimmune conditions. Uh, she's well-versed in low-carb and ketogenic diets, especially the carnivore diet. She helps people all over the world reduce inflammation, lose weight, and improve their health with a carnivore diet. She holds a master's in medical sciences from Cornell and focuses her approach on food quality and bioindividuality. This means taking the just eat meat method to the next level with laboratory analysis and a personalized plan tailored to the patient's specific nutritional needs and health goals. So welcome Austin, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, pleasure to be here. Yeah, no problem. Looking forward. It's going to be a, an interesting discussion, I think. A lot of things we have to talk about. Uh, before we dive in, I'm just going to give our, all our viewers here a bit of a medical disclaimer. So, um, you know, you guys should realize that this is not should, this should not be taken as medical advice. It's not tailored. It's not customized to use, especially if you're on medication or have specific, sorry, specific medical diagnoses. Um, you shouldn't uh, take anything we say here as medical advice. It's really just for your information and you can go and explore and consult with clinicians as you need to, to treat your various conditions. Alrighty, so let's get started. So our first sort of half of the conversation uh, on carnivore variety, we're going to focus on basically eating nose tail carnivore. This is a thing that comes up a lot with the carnivore diet. Do you just eat steak? Do you just do you eat, you know, nose to tail? What do you need to do? Uh, what does that mean? So I'm going to start off by asking Austin a question to sort of introduce this topic. Austin, what does eating nose to tail carnivore mean to you? Yeah, so eating nose to tail is really eating all aspects of the animal. So, um, you know, nose to tail 
in the sense that you're not only eating the muscle meat, but you're also including organ meats um, and the more uh, connective tissue of the animal as well, the more collagenous cuts, ligaments, tendons, um, so those types of things versus just muscle meat alone. Okay, great. Um, do you guys have anything else to add to that, Alicia, Petra? Yeah, so I was wondering, I think that's really cool, but are there any specific tissues or organs that you think should be emphasized and why? Yeah, so as far as getting the most bang for your buck, um, so to speak, liver is really the number one. If you had to choose one of them, I would say liver. Um, that being said, it's not the easiest to consume um, as far as taste and texture. But there are other ones that are, that are a little bit easier to start with. Heart, for example, tastes more like a steak um, and it doesn't have that organ uh, taste, a kind of aftertaste. So that's another great one, um, as well as kidney. And kidney I found um, not only for uh, taste again is, is along the lines of, of liver um, as far as not being the easiest, but in terms of um, actual benefits in clients uh, for histamine intolerances and things like that is with regard to symptoms, um, kidney is one that I recommend very often as well. Yeah, there's a really great article by Chris Cresser where he talks sort of about liver and how important it is to eat grass-fed liver. It's like nature's multivitamin. He has this really nice yeah. chart. It's 100 grams of apples compared to 100 grams of carrots to 100 grams of sort of just regular muscle meat from like beef and then 100 grams of liver. And it's like, you know, apples and carrots in terms of nutrient density are like down here, then it's red meat. And then like liver <laughs> just like crushes them all. It's just like yeah. a, a true Titan, you know? I, I literally have that that chart ingrained in my brain um, <laughs> when I'm when I'm speaking to clients about um, organ meats because, you know, they, they do even with things like spinach, like, oh, well, there's iron in spinach. Um, and yes, but the bioavailability, what you're actually absorbing, um, is very different across those different groups. So it is so important. Uh, liver, by all means, trumps all. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, uh, spinach specifically comes up a lot. You know, Popeye, it's kind of ingrained in our pop culture that spinach has iron, but it's not the most bioavailable form. It's not heme iron. Um, I think it's something like 1% of the iron from spinach we absorb or some, some kind of really low number. I'm not sure the exact number. Yeah, I think it, the equivalent that you would need, I think it was 10 cups. Yeah, uh, for like to compare it to, uh, I think it was a three ounce piece of, of even just a piece of steak. Um, so, you know, the fact that the organ meats are even, they have even more nutrients than that. Um, I'm not sure the exact equivalent as far as cups of spinach, but even so who would eat, you know, 10 cups of spinach in, in yeah. one day? That's a lot. That's right. There's more anti-nutrients in, in those plant foods too, that'll inhibit absorption of, of other things too. So yeah, I mean, we can go down that rabbit hole, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paleo Medicina also emphasizes beef liver. So it's good to hear that you, you agree with them too. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, um, I was wondering, do you, do you find like working with your clients that there are certain cuts of organ meats that people neglect? Um, so as far as neglecting certain ones. I think there's ones that are definitely more intimidating. Um, let's say, for example, thymus. Uh, people know that it, it is beneficial for them, but the prep uh, to, you know, to have it soak and then get that membrane off. I would say those things um, around that nature is why 
most people neglect them. Spleen is another one. It has this membrane that it is difficult to remove. Um, the only other one as far as I think uh, that people neglect wrapping their heads around uh, to eat it is brain. It's, it doesn't come with a membrane. It's, it's actually one of the best textured organ meats that there are, in my opinion, as far as being creamy and rich. Um, but to eat a brain, many people have trouble uh, getting that into their, their head. That's a mental struggle for them. Yeah. And with, with the membrane, because like before this, this carnivore diet, this animal-based way of eating, I was always told when cooking ribs to remove the membrane. But mm -hmm. recently I've been thinking, wouldn't it be beneficial to eat the membrane? Because isn't the removal of the membrane just so that the consistency is like a fall off the bone type of consistency. So I found myself leaving the membrane on and my ribs still fall off the bone. And I'm thinking maybe I'm getting some kind of nutrients from the membrane as well. Like I don't want to exclude any part anymore, you know? <laughs> right, no, absolutely. Um, it's really just if the membrane is something that's difficult for you to, as far as the texture. So right. for some people, yeah, it's even seeing that. I know people that I've introduced even just suet to, and you know, those kind of spider web like pieces, um, they, that just seeing that texture kind of makes their stomach turn. For me, those are like the best parts. So I think if, um, if it's a matter of the texture, um, it's getting past that first. And then, yeah, like you said, how you evolve and you keep it on because there is collagen in it and there's, there's benefits to eating it. Um, we'll, we'll cross that bridge next. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on that note, maybe we can do a little bit of like a deeper dive into each organ and like maybe like a top two or three reasons why those organs specifically are important to eat, if you don't mind. Uh, maybe we can yeah. start with the connective tissues since that's often kind of one that people don't discuss too much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess w one of that's more common um, is like the oxtail and um, kind of uh, for more collagenous cuts that are actually um, uh, steaks, um, or things that need to be done in a crock pot, uh, even like um, chuck roast ver or beef cheek um, versus your tender filet mignon. Uh, those things have more collagen in them, more connective tissue. So you'll see they do have to be slow cooked um, in a crock pot. A lot of people are using the Instapot now, which is helpful for histamine reasons. Um, but those would be kind of the connective tissue ones. In terms of liver, um, kidney, brain, thymus, heart, um, testicle, those are kind of more that are available, whether it's your local farm or they have them on U.S. wellness meats. Um, and really, uh, as far as getting them down or um, tastes and textures, liver, like I said, uh, I have found that it's actually sweetest when it's raw. So I encourage people to, to try it raw. And I have a hashtag raw liver savage to to encourage that as well. It is sweetest when it's raw and it's grass-fed, grass-finished. Um, it becomes more metallic when it is pan-seared uh, and it's the heating of the minerals. So that aftertaste is actually gonna be worse when it's cooked more thoroughly. Even pan-searing it, you know, a couple seconds on each side, if that. Um, kidney, I found the best way as far as texture and taste is baking it. Uh, I absolutely love baked kidney. 
I never have to, um, I get it, you know, again, always sourcing it uh, locally, grass fed, grass finished, it's gonna be your best bet, but baking it, I never have to soak it. I never have that, that aftertaste when, um, you know, if I were to eat it like pan seared, pan seared actually, or sauteed removes a lot of the moisture of a kidney. Uh, the kidney is fluffed up with water. So when you do that, it actually removes that moisture and makes the taste more um, concentrated, I think. Uh, so I kidney, I would say raw or baked. Brain, actually really, really good texture when it's pan seared. It becomes like a mix between scrambled eggs and mashed potatoes. It's creamy, it's rich. Um, raw is also very, very good brain doesn't really have a taste even when it's raw so um either of those options the thymus i found is best when it actually is more pan seared or sauteed and i think it's uh it's a much more common dish especially in in europe uh but it um becomes more like chicken so it has that consistency of chicken even adding like um, pork rinds you can make it more like popcorn chicken if you do it sauteed or in an air fryer so that one's uh, texture wise is, is easier. Uh, raw, it's very glandular and, and squishy. So many people will not like thymus um, or the sweetbreads raw. Uh, heart is very similar to a steak. So grilling it is actually, I found the best. Um, and if you are to pan sear it, it be can become pretty tough. So uh, I would say, again, very, very lightly, a couple seconds, similar to liver on each side. Um, and heart is also very easy to do raw, kind of like uh, if you do it in thin sheets, um, like you would a carpaccio, very, very good. Um, am I missing any? <laughs> no, I think you covered all the organs. I guess um, I was just curious, I mean, you know, we're, we're trying to, I guess, encourage or convince our viewers that, you know, adding variety to their diet through organs, you know, is a good thing to do. And I mean, those are all great ways to maybe prepare them in different ways so they're more palatable, but maybe for some of our viewers, they'll need to be convinced for the reason to even consume liver or consume brain. Okay. Like, yeah. So like, if you have any insights about specific vitamins or minerals that are especially oh, found in those that might help. And you know, what, that might improve in somebody's body or why it might be needed right. by their body. Right. So the biggest one you'll hear about, um, which is a lot of the reason people will do uh, liver is because of the added benefits of energy. Um, liver is a huge, uh, has a lot of B vitamins and those are what really give you uh, this, this increased energy. And people have noticed it even within, you know, a short time of consuming it. That, wow. Yeah. I, I have this energy. In fact, I've noticed in myself with the incorporation of it that I can't eat it past a certain time because I'll be awake um, in bed and not being able to sleep because of the B vitamins. So B vitamins are great for high energy. Also vitamin K2, um, great for um, metabolism and bones. Uh, also copper, which we're finding now is um, very important for histamines. Uh, in terms of counteracting histamine levels, it's the DAO enzyme that you want to increase, which is in kidney um, and also copper levels in order to uh, kind of clear out the histamine levels. Uh, as far as heart, heart is a great um, option for riboflavin, which is, a B, which is B2 as well, um, similar to liver um, and also for uh, methylation and metabolism. 
So converting your folate, and which is a process that we've heard um, in the carnivore space, people who have genetic mutations of the MTHFR um, gene, which is a problem with met methylation, making sure your methionine and uh, um, that conversion, that you're uh, eating the right nutrients for that reason. So CoQ10 and um, the uh, riboflavin or B2 um, for methylation are important and those are consumed with uh, beef heart. So um, that's another one. Um, brain? Okay, sorry, go ahead. Oh, brain, yes. So brain is, as I had mentioned, very rich and creamy texture. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the amount of cholesterol and omega-3s in it. So EPA, DHA, very high in very good for your um, nervous system in the lubrication of not only your nerves, but also for your brain as your brain is, is mostly cholesterol um, and fat and um, uh, for your muscles as well. So um, that is the biggest one for brain. Thymus, um, sweetbreads or sweetbreads have a lot of vitamin C, which a lot of people don't know about. Hmm. So as far as immune function, thymus is excellent. Um, uh, with that regard, if anybody's worried about scurvy, that would be your go-to for that. Okay. And how about kidney? What, I mean, because that's one of the ones that tastes a little bit funny. Why would, why should people eat kidney? Yeah. So kidney, um, again, baked is, is best, but for the DAO enzyme. So when people have histamine problems, it's either that they've consumed too much histamine or they don't have enough DAO enzyme, which basically um, kind of counteracts the histamine levels. So in order to, to get rid of histamine intolerances, you either want to minimize the amount of histamine that you're having, which can be done with different cooking methods, or you want to increase the amount of DAO enzyme that you're having. And in order, um, one of the foods that is, is very high in DAO enzyme is kidney. Okay, cool. And then uh, how about bone marrow? Because that's another one. Uh, I mean, I think it tastes pretty good. I think people are, are pretty okay with eating it, but what's good about bone marrow for you? Yeah, so bone marrow, again, is just a very, very good um, fat uh, as far as saturated fats. Um, it also has uh, a lot of minerals from the bones itself um, when it is cooked um, in like a bone broth. So you're getting those minerals as well, which uh, a lot of, uh, you know, especially important today is that our, our water is stripped of these minerals. So things like bone broth and incorporating that bone marrow are very, very important for that reason. Okay, cool. How, uh, how important is it for organ meats to be grass-fed? Because I personally only buy grass-fed organ meats, but I do have a brain in my uh, freezer that's not grass-fed. Mm -hmm. And I'm probably going to eat it just because I don't like to let any food go to waste, but I also, I'm a little bit iffy about it. Yeah. So that's, that's a really good question. Um, and honestly, a lot of these organ meats with the exception of thymus and brain are a little bit heavier in, in fat, but even so like not as compared to, um, like a, a rib, like even so it's not a one-to-one -one as far as fat to protein. So yeah. a lot of these organs are lean. Um, so in the sense of grain fed versus grass fed, there's less concern with the organ meats. Of course, you know, I always say I like, you know, locally sourced again, and it's more so about bacteria uh, versus in a conventionally raised animal 
versus um, more than the, the grain fed versus grass fed. But because these organs are lean, um, yeah, I would say that that would be less of an issue. Mm -hmm. um, of, of course, locally is always better, but if it's locally in grain uh, in an organ versus grass, I have less concerns. Yeah, I've, I've heard that too, because I've heard that the something along the lines of the toxins are found like in the fattiest cuts Exactly. Oh, That's where they'd be deposited. Yeah. Be we, in the fat of the animal. So yeah. with less fat, they, you would suspect less toxins. That's awesome. That's good to know. We used to get our oxtail from like this grocery store and we had no idea where the meat was coming from. And then I know a good friend of ours told us about that. And we're like, oh shoot, we got to get it. Yeah. More. <laughs> we, we no, that's a, a, that's a really good point. Yeah. I, I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah, another thing that we really enjoy um, to kind of incorporate those organ meats without actually having to just eat liver and kidney and all that on its own, which I don't really mind, but my partner Daniel does, is we get the ground meat that's already grinded up with tongue, heart, um, liver, and we make those into burgers. So I don't know if, uh, if you've ever tried that. It's pretty... Yeah. So that's actually one thing that I will suggest to people um, if they can't quite tolerate it on its own um, would be mixing it in with ground beef, whether they're making meatballs or burgers. And a lot of these, I will um, just kind of shed light on the fact that some companies, um, they don't necessarily have uh, similar to kind of selling brain or selling some of these organs, they're, they can be more difficult to get your hands on because of regulations. So with that, I I have seen some regulations with even incorporating them in with the ground beef. So if you can't find one that has, you know, ground beef with the mixed organs, the other name that they will disguise it as is pet food. And it really is not just for pets. It's just what they have to call it in order to be able to sell it. So that's another thing to look into when you're trying to buy it mixed in with ground beef. The other way of course is would be to do it yourself. Um, ground beef with, um, even if you did 10% uh, you know, of liver an ounce or two, um, it's an excellent way to do it. The other way that I have recommended um, for, for clients to get organs in if they can't tolerate the taste would be to take it like a pill. I always think that actually consuming the food is better than any type of supplement because again, we've gone to this, this diet in order to avoid processed things and processed foods. So even a supplement is going into a processed facility. So I do always encourage eating the food itself, but you can take it like a pill. So divvying uh, it up into one ounce portions and putting it, whether you want to put it in one of those Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday pill boxes in the freezer or putting it in a glass container and just small little slight having after having sliced it up into one ounce portions and taking it, swallowing it um, whole and frozen each day like a pill. And by doing it raw and frozen, the taste and the texture will be completely minimized. So it, it'll just be a matter of swallowing it. Yeah. I was trying, not frozen, but I was slicing my beef liver up and then it was just like one ounce and just trying to swallow it. And it just, it doing that every day, it was like the worst part of my day. I, I would dread yeah. that every but day. I will, I will say definitely <laughs> try it frozen because okay. that where it's more of like a food, like 
some people they are it's that texture on the back of their throat that will make them gag and it's just it's not it's not going down so if you do try it frozen it does create it where it's more like oh yeah i've had and you think about it you've had bigger chunks of food or harder pieces of food than than liver so it's it when it's frozen it makes it more like oh this is just a big chunk of food mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, uh, the way I've gotten around is like you guys were talking about is that organ grind. I mean, if our viewers are concerned about this, have a t- talk with your butcher, like my butcher, basically, if I order enough, he'll do it. Like he does like, you know, seven to 10 pounds of liver, you know, three or four pounds of brain, some kidneys, some heart. And honestly, it tastes almost just like ground beef. Like you get a mild taste of liver, but, and then I can mix uh, ground suet into it to add the fa- add a bit more fat content to it. And it's, it's pretty good and it's convenient. It's easy to cook, easy to eat. So. Yeah. And even, it. like I said, with the different cooking method. So if you were to make it into a meatball and bake it, even though, you know, it's ground beef, but it has the organ in it, you may not taste that liver as much as if you were to make it sauteed with like more direct heat um, pan seared like a burger. So I definitely encourage people to try it with different methods of cooking um, again for that uh, to kind of to, to minimize the metallic taste. Okay. Sure. To Sounds your uh, to your point, Vajid, my um, the farm that I go to, Wild Meadows Farm, they just not too long ago started uh, combining high fat ground beef. Oh man. So cool because everywhere yeah. you go, it's like lean ground beef, lean ground yeah. beef. I just ordered some. I've never tried it, so I'm very excited. No, I have a local farm here, and they, they do, yeah, they do the 20%, uh, 80-20. Uh, it, it is always in the, the fattier cut of ground beef, and it's phenomenal. That's the first step to breaking the stigma around fat, right? Let's start with that lean yeah. ground beef stuff. Like, what's that all about? Well, the way I get well, around it, ground- yeah, and I mean, you can only find organ. lean and extra lean, right? That's all the butchers really have usually. Um, what I do is I just, I order the ground organ grind separately and I order packets of ground suet separately. And then I just mix them like three to one, four to one or something. And I just kind of up the fat content myself. Do you have like a grinder, like a food processor thing? No, it comes ground. It comes ground. So you just mix it up. Yeah. Okay. I thought like you were in your kitchen, like. (laughs) No, no, I don't. I'm not like, yeah, (laughs) I don't have time to sit there grinding meat. You had time for that. That's why. No, probably not. (laughs) One day, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) When I'll semi-retire and just grind meat in my spare time. Um, Okay. um, So do you have any other, I mean, we've talked about a bunch of tips and tricks to get around some of the taste, some of the texture apprehension people have for eating organs. Is there yes. anything else we've missed or do you, should we move on to the next topic or? Yeah, no, I think um, unless there's anything else that you guys want me to shed light on, I think I, I went over kind of the cooking methods um, uh, as far as organs. What about, I, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go, you go. I was just going to ask about condiments. Like, what what do you use? What do you recommend people use? What's safe? What's you know we should avoid? Redmond okay. salt, rub spices. Yeah. So I personally, um, and it's funny because I I do I can preach about variety and what these organ meats bring to the table. But in the sense of um, me cooking in the kitchen, I keep it super super simple. So I am a Redmond real salt girl, and I don't have anything else. Um, that being said, there are so many options um, for people, especially when they are trying to do more meals and make it kind of more um, 
I guess, um, more standard as far as like making it a breakfast or making it um, rather than just doing meat and eggs um, or even just meat and organs. Um, so things like hollandaise sauce for breakfast um, is an easy one. Um, as far as just doing the fat, the yolks, uh, easier water or broth and salt. So that's a common one I see. Um, also mayo, it's another one. And again, it's just fat um, of your choice, whichever you prefer, whether it's bacon grease or tallow, um, then doing the egg yolks, um, water, broth, and then salt. And it's just a, a difference between those two is really just consistency as far as how much water or liquid that you're adding. Um, other things I've seen people get creative on is whether if they're incorporating dairy, which I personally don't. So uh, that is something that, uh, you know, if you wanted to do even like a dressing, uh, some people do heavy cream dressings with, you know, again, adding uh, a fat to it to give it um, like bacon grease or tallow or duck fat, whichever you prefer. Um, and, and using that as a condiment, though not having salad, it can be, you know, put on as a dressing, whether it's on your steak. Um, but yeah, I keep it, I keep it simple. Egg yolks are my steak sauce. So that is a condiment for me. Um, and again, the, the Redmond real salt, other things that I've seen is kind of using bone broth as kind of, uh, a condiment or dipping dipping uh, sauce or making uh, use of it for even for stews and soups, whether you put your ground beef into bone broth to make it more like a soup, or I've seen people do pork rinds into bone broth as a cereal um, even. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> so there are definitely ways that you can get creative um, with these things. Um, but yeah, the bone broth, mayo are more, you know, your um, the hollandaise, even dressings, those would be your more day-to-day -day condiments that you could have in the fridge on hand um, to spice up different meals without the spices. <laughs> a colleague of mine does uh, marrow on his steaks. And I, I've seen you guys, actually, Petra and Dan, you guys have made some kind of marrow butter too, right? How, oh, how was that? Uh, bone marrow butter. It's amazing. So you just bake the bone marrow and then scoop it out and whisk it but you have to let it cool down a bit and then when you whisk it it just turns like a really really light pink mm -hmm. and then you could just put it in a, like a little glass container and it it keeps pretty fresh for like a good week and just i i make it and i spread it on egg yolk muffins oh good yeah egg yolk muffins have been like a big hit um that i've that i've seen um for even just keeping things simple amongst um, breakfast foods and uh, again using it kind of like as a vehicle uh, mm -hmm. for other foods. For sure. We've also, um, I've kind of discovered because I can't do honey or uh, cheese. I think it's too triggering for me. Like I just, it sets me off on this roller coaster of cravings and throws my hunger cues yeah. off. And um, I've had, I've been talking to Daniel recently of this concept of finding the new sweet. So when you're eating animal-based, not keto, because on keto, you know, you can still have monk fruit and all that. But when you're eating strictly animal-based, you can't eat sweet food anymore. Like it's just not possible. If you want to do honey and you're okay with that, that's okay. But like, if you don't do honey, which I don't, I've had to find the new sweet. And maybe that means, um, 
like the egg yolk muffins with a little bit of bacon grease on top. Like, I don't, you know, it, it is what it is. Or like an egg yolk pudding with some butter. I, I try to stay away from butter as well because it's dairy, but that will be like a, a treat for me. And I think uh, it's hard to accept, like it's hard to adjust to, but finding that new sweet, I think is key to letting go of the, the addictive behavior, to be honest with you. Like sugar yeah. is a hell of a drug. And many clients that I work with, that is their, you know, their root problem is that they, they have these addictions and they're, they're turning to carnivore to get rid of that. So absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. I will, I will say one word and it is glycine, which um, is an amino acid and it is uh, it is a supplement. So if there's any supplement that I would recommend on carnivore to kind of curve that, it has a sweet taste to it. That being said, um, and for people who can't do dairy um, or you're choosing not to do dairy, um, there are some recipes that use glycine to sweeten things, even if you did it on a um, pudding, a waffle, like you sprinkled it on a waffle. Um, that is uh, something that will make things sweet. Carnivore soda is, is what they, you know, for people uh, who like to do sparkling water, they would say, oh, you the first couple of weeks of carnivore, you're going to have your cravings, do carnivore soda. And all it is, is a sparkling mineral water with, with glycine added to it. And it has a sweet taste to it to curb those cravings the first couple of weeks, but you can use it in recipes as well. Um, and there are a bunch of options that I could, that come to mind uh, to give that sweet factor. And then eventually you won't, you know, once your taste buds change and you're craving more savory things, or you're, you know, expanding as far as um, zoning in on your diet and what you do need or what you don't necessarily have cravings for anymore, you can get rid of it. That's interesting. I might have to, might have to look into that. I've never yeah. heard of that before. Do you still have your sweet tooth, Petra? Like, do you guys still feel like you need something sweet or is this more just for fun? Uh, it's more just for fun or when we hang out with family, like it was my grandma's 80th birthday and everyone had cake. Like, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it's, it's more triggering. I think this summer for me has been um, the hardest, like harder than the first summer on, on this diet. I had ice cream twice and like, <laughs> ooh, it took me like three, four weeks to recover. Like I, it is not a joke. And like, I used to live like that every single day. And I used to think it was normal, like tiredness, grogginess. And I just, um, I, I always feel best eating ruminant meat, drinking water, and salt. <laughs> like yeah. that's just what I always, and fat. Prioritizing fat, nose to tail. Like that's that's where I'm at. And egg yolks. But um, yeah, I I yeah. I, no, there there are alternatives. There is there is a carnivore ice cream. It is made with tallow. Right. right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, like you even saying that you've you you had ice cream in it put you down no there's there's a carnivore ice these recipes people are getting creative um so tallow ice cream is a thing um and again it just depends i don't know that there is a there actually it is yeah it's a it, there is a version of it that is ice versus using heavy cream so mm -hmm. there is a dairy-free version of it but it's it's tallow ice cream and um, collagen and then again you can add um, you could add this glycine to, to give it that a sweeter taste versus doing erythritol or stevia or things that are more keto. Um, another popular one that I've seen is marshmallows. 
which again, it's using this collagen, this uh, for the marshmallows, it's gelatin. So it's tallow with uh, beef gelatin, sea salt, and then adding the glycine to give it that sweet taste. So these are options without the honey because I, I have seen a lot of uh, clients that say, well, now people are using honey, but it's very triggering for me. So you don't necessarily have to do honey. The glycine can be that, that sweet part to it. Um, the other thing similar kind of to the muffins would be this whole uh, uh, focus on breakfast foods like your pancakes and your waffles um, and those types of foods that are really, you know, there's savory breakfast and there's sweet breakfast. So how do we get around that? Um, and yes, there are the chaffles, which are, you know, your cheese. Uh, but again, they're, for me, I've always focused on, well, I don't, I, I don't do cheese. So what do I do? Uh, and uh, there are what they're calling, which these names are just hilarious moffles or laffles or baffles <laughs> it's um and you're using ground meat as the alternative um and that's a great way because then you can sneak your liver in and your kidney in so um it's using ground meats to make these um chaffles or to make these pancakes uh putting them in a you know a vitamix and adding uh water in um eggs and and doing things that way. So um, yeah, that could be your, and again, if you want to sprinkle glycine on it, if you want that sweet taste, or you're this, you know, someone who still incorporates keto type of foods and putting berries on your waffles or, you know, it, it depends on the person, but you can dress it up however you want, however is best for you. So gly glycine is just an amino acid? Or so, yes. So um, glycine is an amino acid. Um, it comes in the cleanest form that I've found it is um, bulk supplements um, is the company that I would say as far as, you know, no additives, because that's that's something that I, I just, if you are going to get a supplement, at least make it sure that it's a very clean product. But yeah, so it's a, it's a amino acid building block. It's in, you know, it is in our protein. Um, but when it's concentrated that way, and a lot of times you'll hear about the methionine glycine ratio, that if you eat too much muscle meat, that you're not getting enough glycine and it's not balancing out um, the concerns for that. So a lot of people supplement anyway, when they're just doing a meat-based diet, especially if they're not doing nose to tail. So um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, um, an important aspect even for, for that um, it has benefits versus just having that sweet taste. Interesting. I would be open to uh, trying it out. I'm just very wary of having any more crutches. I think I've, I've uh, reached the point in, in my animal-based journey where like I can, I can recognize my own bullshit. And I know when I'm just like, try, you know, like I, I know that. So I'm a part of me is like, Petra, do you need the glycine? Like, do you really need the sweet stuff? But then a part of me is like, you know what? It's a great alternative to have in your house once in a while, but. Right. Yeah, yeah. no, it comes down to kind of the control and it does yeah. like for some people it's, um, it's triggering and that they're kind of spiking that same taste is just spiking that, that though their, their brain um, in it? a similar way. Does it have that effect like monk fruit does? I read that monk fruit or like stevia, when the, your tongue touches like the taste of sweet, it spikes your insulin, but there's no- uh... It's kind of that dopamine response. Yeah, so does the same thing happen with the glycine? 
Um, I have seen, I've seen it both ways um, as far as clients. For me personally, no, it doesn't. But um, for some people it does. So I think it depends on when you're introducing it into your journey as well. Right. Um, to use it as a transition to get over crutches can be helpful. But then also, you know, if you're, you're sound where you're at with ruminants and you know what works for you, I, that's also a, uh, it seems like a reasonable time to introduce it because you have, you have a good grasp on what works for you and what doesn't. So I would say those would be the best times, but if you were to incorporate it, you know, continually throughout and you could not get away from it, then I'd say, all right, let's, let's remove it and figure out yeah. other options. Makes sense. I do want to jump in and just give some of our viewers maybe new to carnivore, right? Now, a lot of us here are, are more advanced, right? We've had many, many months or years on carnivore. So I want to give them sort of a, a message of hope because I, I have had a sweet tooth for almost four decades of my life. And I thought I was just wired that way. Those are just the cards God dealt me and I had to deal with it like that. Um, and I've broken that sweet tooth. So just, I just want people to remember, you guys are coming from like a mountain of crap, like processed food, diet. You're all motivated now maybe to do carnivore, be clean. You want to be like awesome at it, not make any mistakes. But it's okay to use those crutches if you need to, because it's still better than where you're coming from, right? If you're coming down to this much crap, it's still better than eating this much crap, right? So I think we've all used different crutches, like, you know, sparkling water or whatever. Like I, and I, and you're going to have moments of weakness. You're going to have those cravings. You're going to snap. I know I did in the first five or six months of carnivore. I definitely, you know, just went off diet one night, you know, just ate some stuff that I shouldn't have eaten that wasn't carnivore. And, but it, it goes away. It just diminishes with time and becomes and less I'd frequent. Love, I'd love to speak to that because um, I personally, um, my parents, actually, I have gotten them on the keto train and it took about six years. Um, cool. So I think it also depends on where you're coming from. Like you said, standard American to carnivore, that's going to be a huge transition. Mm -hmm. um, so they recently went into, uh, recently became keto and the transition period was so, you know, critical for them. And a lot of uh, the mentality in my family is kind of black or white. So they went in to like, no, it was a health and for my dad, um, gastrointestinal, and he's like, okay, what do we got to do? And it was this mentality of, all right, yep, okay, I'm never going to eat pizza again. I'm never going to do that. And I was like, no, that's not, that's not the goal. The goal is to find the transitions to get this and to make this a lifestyle. So I think the focus really should be on what's going to, what's going to help you make it a lifestyle. Is yeah. that going to be, you know, the, the glycine that helps you get through the night because you're having sugar cravings and the fact that you're doing, you know, you're making those different condiments or um, in order to have a breakfast meal that's similar to everybody else, like they're all eating eggs Benedict and you're sitting there with just ground beef and you're resenting them. And that makes you, that makes you want to cheat even more. So even with them going keto, I found them those transition brands and products that, that help them get through that. And then a couple weeks later, they were like, we don't know. We're not eating the, you know, the, the crackers, the grain-free crackers that you gave us or the, we're not eating those things anymore. We just don't want them. The dessert, you know, that was filling the void, the keto cookie, like we're now we're just, we don't make it anymore because we don't, our taste buds have changed. They've healed their body. They're not having those cravings. They're not having that anxiety, the depression um, that is that the mental aspects of it that are so, that are linked to your gut. Um, those go away with time. So absolutely mm -hmm. transitions are key 
Do not feel that you need to go cold turkey and that you're a failure if you go back on something. Uh, it's finding the transition and what works for you that's most important. Yeah. I think yeah. credits are necessary though. Like I think it's normal and I probably to the viewers, I don't want to come off like, you know, savage, like you have to be strict. It's not like that. It's just for me, like I am very sensitive. So I, I do find that when I have ice cream and I, I picked vanilla, like I tried to go clean, you know, the most minimal ingredients. And I, <laughs> I was out for like three weeks now, maybe, you know, you won't be like that. Maybe you, someone else will have ice cream and they'll just be a little bit groggy for two days and they'll be back at it. But you won't know until you try. And you, so that's why some people can reintroduce different types of foods um, like squash or whatever it may be and they're fine, but you have to try, right? And it's, um, it's all self-experimentation self really. And um, yeah, no bio-individuality, I preach it all the time. There's no one size fits all diet. And similar to what you're um, alluding to uh, Petra is that there are some people who are moderators and there are some people who are abstainers. Yeah. And so the moderators, they actually get very anxious um, if you tell them that you cannot have this. Mm -hmm. Versus the abstainer who's like, no, if like that's not on the list or that's not in part of the protocol, then I'm better off, you know, not having it at all because I will, I'll, I'll have temptations or I, I'm not able to just have a moderate amount of it. So I think their personality definitely plays a role, but it, Overall, it shouldn't be looked at as, is this carnivore or can I, I get this question all the time, can I eat that? Mm -hmm. It's not a matter of can you, absolutely, you can eat whatever you want. <laughs> it's a matter of what is the goal? Are you trying to minimize inflammation? Are you trying to heal your body? Are you trying to lose weight? Are you trying to gain muscle? You know, focus on, on what your goal is and not this dogma, um, dogmatic approach. Um, and, and taking it from that perspective, that's also helpful. Yeah, for sure. The flexibility, I guess, gives you sustainability for, at least for some people, I think it's important at least maybe not the yeah. abstainers, but the moderators, it sounds like they definitely need some flexibility. Yeah. And that, and even, even so, um, with recipes and stuff, those, the abstainers, they find just incorporating variety helps with flexibility. So as opposed to the people who are, oh no, you know, just even meat, uh, beef or the ruminants, you know, beef, water, salt, um, when you can see that there is a different way to cook them, that's going to change the texture and the taste, you're still eating that, those, you know, those three items um, as far as abstaining, but you have more options as far as texture and taste. So there's variety in terms of uh, incorporation of different foods, eating nose to tail, but also just in taste and texture alone and how you're preparing them. So there is, you know, when people say it's a restrictive diet, oh, I want to just make a list of the different foods that I eat. And even for people just doing beef, water, and salt, there is such a long list of things that can be, um, they can be in day to day. And I mean, I guess it's, it makes sense when people say that it is restrictive, like from their perspective, they don't realize that there's all this variety possible. And then they think, yeah, it's only meat, only animal products. So I get where they're coming from, but it eventually becomes a choice. It's not, it's no longer like, oh, I'm trying to be a carnivore. It's like, no, now I realize how those foods make me feel. 
So I'm going to abstain. Like I was at a steak place with my auto club a few weeks ago and there was a dessert option and they brought out this like dense, like delicious looking chocolate fudge cake, which used to be one of my favorite cakes. And I was pretty close to snapping, but what stopped me from eating it was that, no, I know I'm going to suffer. My sleep will suffer if I eat that for potentially days and it's not worth it for me to enjoy that. So you start, you start to change the way you think about foods and it no longer feels restrictive. It's almost like freedom from feeling like crap because of right. foods that you used to eat, you know? No, yeah. it's a, it's a, it becomes a choice and you, you, you know, it's funny because those people, you know, weren't saying anything when you were eating all those things as far as your health or, um, but then they, they do point it out like, oh, you're not going to eat this. Come on. It's a birthday or this and that. And it becomes that social awkwardness, but it comes down to you personally, your choice of what you're putting in your body and how it's going to make you feel. And like Petra said, you know, being out for three weeks for that ice cream, that wasn't worth it. Um, I went to Italy and I didn't, I didn't have a bite of pasta. Granted, it may not have been the same pasta as, as um, the U.S., but I didn't find it necessary and I didn't want to suffer part of my trip when I knew there was meat available like no other um, that I was going to feel great on. So um, yeah, I think it's, it's important you realize what's, what's uh, worth it. Even um, with my mom and dad, the recent change, my mom had poured milk into, they're not doing dairy, poured milk into her coffee and she was, no, I threw it out. I, it wasn't worth it to me to have even that little amount of milk. I was, thought I would suffer with, she has more skin issues. So um, you, you pick and choose what's really gonna be most beneficial for you. For sure. Okay, so we've already kind of um, dived into our sort of second section culinary variety. We talked about condiments. One of the things that um, we were going to talk about was sort of uh, how to prepare organ-containing dishes. And I think you want to talk about various stews, pate, liverwurst, that kind of stuff. So maybe you can tell us a little bit more about that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so as far as the preparation um, of cooking, it really comes down comes down to, again, um, texture and taste, but also the concerns for um, uh, incorporating these organs and um, uh, shedding light also on uh, what the goals are in your, in your health journey. So whether it is weight loss or muscle gain or you have autoimmune issues. So um, with cooking methods, uh, histamines are also something to take note of. The low and slow cooked um, cuts which again, the more collagenous cuts, um, uh, those are often required that slow cooking. But if you have histamine issues, that's a bit of a problem. So for those, you know, more the Instapot um, or doing it um, at, at the most minimum time possible is best. Otherwise doing, opting for the cuts of steaks, chops uh, or organs, that are more quickly like high heat um, cooking methods are, are better for people with histamine issues. Um, so there's, you know, things to consider, not only taste and texture, but also what your goals are as, and what your symptoms are as a patient and uh, your, what you're looking to get rid of um, in terms of those symptoms. Um, in terms of, um, I guess, what else? What else should I touch upon? Pate? Or, or did you have in mind for the, for incorporating those in, into dishes? 
just in general organ meat dishes um yeah just like i mean different approaches you have to cooking them i mean different okay. dishes that are popular yeah, so or tasty aside from you know taste texture and then symptoms um it would be a matter of what what types of foods do you like so i could go on all days about all day about incorporating organs um i think probably if you were to take it from like the ground meat perspective uh that's a really easy one like i said incorporating into a ground meat and then what do you do with this ground meat that has the organ in it so um anything from you know a scramble with eggs very very easy even filling like an omelet um doing an omelet and having that ground beef kind of in the middle which also brings light to other other dishes in um, terms of like uh it's a spinacopita um that type of uh, idea where you do it with um, prosciutto or uh, like a cured meat and then on the inside of it you use the ground beef with the organs um, so that's the way to do it or you could also um, instead of prosciutto you could um, make it with like eggs as the outer covering um, just doing very thin um, like egg mixing uh, an egg like a whole egg but making it a very thin sheet and then in and putting that around the ground beef with the organs. Uh, also similar to that would be like a ravioli. So same type of concept. All of these is basically the ground beef is stuffed in something, whether it's a prosciutto or a cheese or um, eggs. So those are those are types of dishes that you could do. Um, also, a lot of people, you know, they miss the uh, tortillas. So uh, tortillas in New York, where I was um, originally from, there is a place that does just cheese tortillas. Um, and so great option would be to spread cheese, you know, thin. And then it's a matter of conforming it over, over heat and using it again as a vehicle. Then you put your ground beef in there with the organs, or you could even just add organs themselves chopping up into smaller pieces. Brain is, is an easy one to put in there, creamy texture. So it almost gives you that um, brain with ground beef. So it almost gives you that like taco supreme from Taco Bell. Um, so that's an option. Um, so the brain becomes like guacamole kind of like, or yeah, like sour like cream a, kind of texture? like a sour cream, like a smooth huh. texture. Okay. Absolutely. Um, what other things uh, that people Oh, so, you know, again, I try and I think of it in the sense of what people are going to go, oh, I'm, I feel like I'm lacking this. So pizza is another one. Um, mm -hmm. Doing a pizza uh, instead where you're doing ground um, beef. And then again, you can incorporate those organs into that ground beef, doing a thin sheet and baking it. So that'll be your crust. And then on top, as a, if you incorporate sauce, fine, but you can just do a meat and cheese pizza, pizza. on top of that, you put more like if you want to do salami or you want to do liverwurst or um, if you want to do, you know, cheese, um, shredded cheese. So that's an option to kind of give you that, oh, I'm having pizza. Mm -hmm. uh, another way to cook that ground meat as the base is on the grill to give it a little more crispy, kind of like your New York style pizza. Um, so that's another option. Um, also using ground meat, like we had discussed as um, like for a waffle or for a pancake, but also for like um, a quiche, like the base of a quiche or the base of a pie. 
Um, and you know, if, the, if you want to make it super mild, you can do ground chicken versus ground beef as far as taste. Um, but using that as a layer, crisping it up again, baking it, I would say would be the best bet. And then if you want to do, you know, your pie or your quiche on top of that with the eggs, uh, with cheese, adding bacon to it, those are our options for breakfast or for, um, even even a type of dessert. Um, you can do the egg pudding on top of like a ground chicken base and then adding a little bit of glycine on there and that's your new carnivore pie or carnivore cake. Um, so that's another option. Um, burgers, uh, you know, you can always grill a burger, you can bake a burger, um, but adding an element to them as far as uh, getting the organs in, then you can wrap them in bacon you can do them more as like um, a Greek, I'm blanking on the name of what those are called, but when you put them on a skewer and do them on the grill, Blocky. that's another way. What is it? Is it souvlaki? Like on a stick? Souvlaki. Yeah, right? <laughs> like where it's ground meat versus like a kebab would be. Oh, like okay. Right. I think it might be souvlaki. Um, like the, is that diner? Is that, is that what we're talking about? Y-R-O? Heroes? I yeah. I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> I always get it wrong. Like a K. I always mumble it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's another option. Um, so yeah, I think all of these methods are are obviously with the ground meat. So incorporating the organ into the ground meat. Um, those are all, all ways to do it. Um, I'm trying to think of other ways so many ideas and we're just on ground beef so to those i know variety on this, this diet even like just doing the organ itself or mixing it with you know steaks or this is just with ground beef yeah. scotch eggs is another one um which is pretty popular which is the ground beef around like a hard-boiled egg um and, and yeah so creating that is another one i know there's recipes with a ground just putting ground meat in like a muffin tin and then doing a, like an egg yolk on top. Um, that's another another thing I've seen. Um, so yeah, people are getting really creative even just with with meat and eggs. So then it's then when you use gr the ground meat again as the vehicle for your eating nose to tail, it makes it super super easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean uh, the one that these guys talk about a lot is uh, brain pancakes. I don't know if we talked about that already, but that seems to be really uh, popular and tasty. Uh, so good, yeah. Yes. We make lamb brain pancakes because I found this uh, halal butcher shop, and they sell like frozen uh, lamb brain pancakes. You get about like six for ten dollars, which is Wait, like, really good. They're already in pancake form. No, sorry, the brain. The brain. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, wow, okay. That's like, <laughs> that'd be cool though. Do they have a discount code? Yeah, no, kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. I wish. Uh, I make them myself, just with eggs, and just blend it up. It's they're honestly amazing, and you can't even taste the brain. But I've been um, dying to try this Romanian recipe. I'm originally from Romania, and we used to eat a lot of brain. Um, but my parents would fry it, or my grandparents would fry it in vegetable oil. And then would, sorry, they would first boil it. And then once it's boiled, put it in a pot with ice so that it cools off and it's easier to slice really, really thin. And then once it's sliced, they would put it in flour, egg, and like breadcrumbs. 
So I want to try to make the carnivore version of that because I have the panko breadcrumbs and obviously yes. minus, minus the vegetable oils and minus Excellent. the flour. Yeah. Excellent. That is such a great idea. And that's another great point is that as far as texture or taste, like, yeah, the pork rinds, the panko pork rinds, that's an awesome alternative. A lot of people are, like I said, I keep it simple. So I don't have these crazy kitchen appliances. I don't have your air fryer. I, I don't even have the Instapot. I just have a slow cooker and um, the grill. I will go over to my friends, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't have these um, crazy. I keep it simple. So, but by adding the, the pork rinds that definitely adds an element of texture and also helps with, with the organs doing the, the fried version of it um, so that it's more palatable. Absolutely. Yeah, especially with, um, you know, you can do meatballs without, without pork rinds, but adding that or um, uh, the other, um, what, what was the other thing I was thinking of? Um, I guess more, more uh, uh, snacky food with the pork rinds, um, and um and jerkies and things like that mm -hmm. um for so slicing it thin and like you said uh putting it in with with egg and then um a uh, uh the pork rinds mm -hmm. lots of ideas mm -hmm. <laughs> yep for sure i think we we've talked i think we've covered all the sort of culinary variety topics we were going to go over should we go to maybe the the third part of the episode then yeah sure so I guess we kind of touched on this a bit, but um, what are some of your tips on how to eat animal-based animal carnivore with a busy lifestyle, but still maintaining some variety? So we did, we did kind of touch on that. One thing I would like to add from personal experience, I think having an air fryer, if you're a person that's on the go and you're not really used to like putting in that love for yourself for cooking, an air fryer can really be helpful. Yeah. And a time saver. Yeah. Uh, similar with the Instapot. Cause a lot of people will say, Oh, like I, I didn't thaw my meat and now it's frozen and I got nothing. What am I going to do? Um, so especially with COVID and restaurants being closed down, that has been a concern. So I, I totally agree that certain, um, certain appliances in the kitchen are helpful. Um, for me, I am a, all right, what am I going to eat tonight? I'm going to thought, and I, I just pull it out. It's an everyday thing in the morning. I pull it out. Um, so kind of knowing I'm going to eat a steak or I'm going to eat more organs tonight. Um, but portioning out organs is, is pretty important, um, because they don't last as long in the refrigerator. So portioning them out is important. Uh, I usually do two to three days at a time. I actually posted about this, um, on my Instagram because they only last, uh, two to three days in the refrigerator, uh, once they've been frozen. And a lot of the concern is, well, I have to refreeze it. And then am I losing nutrients or am I losing, you know, is there a breakdown of the proteins, the amino acids? What is that doing to the actual meat? Again, all the more reason that we should be eating it from food and supplements because these are sensitive, sensitive foods. Mm -hmm. So portioning it out, um, doing it in a container, whether you do, some people like the little small containers and they do it on a daily, they'll do their portion for the day. Uh, I'll do it two to three times a day because I, I eat them pretty much every day. So um, 
doing that glass container, putting it in the freezer and then taking it out and thawing it in the morning. Again, thawing your steak in the morning. Always have eggs. Um, that's another staple. You can do so much with eggs. Um, and uh, the other thing would be to prepare um, kind of on a weekly basis because you don't want to, I find that sometimes when you do say, well, meal prep or this and that, then it becomes a lot for people and they're already, you know, it's, it's overwhelming. So the other thing I would suggest is you don't have to meal prep for every day and have everything lined out perfectly. But if you did a roast each week um, or uh, in the Instapot or in a crock pot, similar to how you'd prepare, oh, I'm gonna make my bone broth and then you have it for a week or two, do a roast. A lot of these meats you can do um, and they'll require, you know, more slow cooking like the chuck roast, your brisket, the tri-tip, um, lamb leg roasts, those, those definitely require the longer times. Um, so do a roast and then chop it up and freeze parts of it. The other thing would be to make it in shredded form. So those are gonna be your lamb shoulder, your pork butt or your pork shoulder uh, is the other name for it. And having shredded meats, you can do so much similar with ground beef with a shredded meat. Um, so doing that and having it on the go or having it to, to make those, those tacos or to um, even just do the shredded meat and put some egg yolks on it. I mean, you can make it as fancy or as least fancy as you want it. Um, so those are all, all good tips and tricks just for preparation and having it on the go and not having to create this gourmet meal every single day. That's fantastic. I was wondering, you know, how you, same sort of question, but how you would navigate that on a limited budget? Yeah. So similarly, the roasts um, uh, are great options. And not only for, you know, you don't have to get a roast and then cook it all at once. So another option to save money is to buy it, though it may be seen more upfront as far as the cost, where they'll have like your prime rib or your, um, you know, your larger cuts, then you cut those into steaks. So getting like a chuck roast and cutting it into chuck steaks um, is a great way to save uh, money over the long run because otherwise, if you buy the steak itself, it will be priced per pound. Um, and it, it may, it's often uh, a little bit higher priced because they've already cut it for you. So cutting it yourself, getting the roast, and then cutting it is a great way to save me uh, save money. The other way is you know getting more your ground meats um, to save money versus you know your your ribeyes every single night. There are great cuts of meat that are steak that aren't necessarily that aren't ground meat too. So again, the chuck chuck roasts, um, your brisket, your tri tip, um, those are less than your New York strips than your ribeyes. Um, hanger steaks are, are generally very good deals, uh, very tender. Your filet is going to obviously be your, your more expensive one, but um, flat irons, flanks, those are also on the leaner side, um, and those are easy to do on a grill as well. So um, price points are, are less than the filets, um, but also still lean. Um, again, shredded meat. So getting the pork butt, getting the, um, the, uh, lamb, lamb leg, uh, I'm trying to think of stew meat, 
is often um, also another great option. Stew meat's very inexpensive uh, doing that. And you can actually cook that. You could do a double whammy, cook that in your bone broth uh, in the um, crock pot. And you've, you've done two things at once to kill two birds with, with one stone, so to speak. Um, the other thing is buying like a whole chicken, roasting a whole chicken. I mean, how much we focus mostly on beef, but um, a whole chicken provides numerous meals um, and it's very inexpensive in, in comparison to beef. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, th those will be other options. <laughs> What's that? Use the bones after too and make broth. Yeah, absolutely. I know, I feel like um, we we've definitely focused more on beef, but when you're thinking nose to tail, you're including every, every animal. So yeah. um, for me, I, I cook with the chicken feet in my broth and then I eat them I do them under the broiler and crisp them up or put them in an air fryer. You can uh, and have those as a snack and you're getting the, the calcium from the bones. You're getting um, the collagen. Uh, you know, there's no, there's no muscle on these chicken feet. This is collagen and bone. Uh, and it's a great, you know, nose to tail snack, um, but very, very inexpensive. That's the other thing with these organ meats versus, you know, what they're, a lot of people are pushing with supplements, organ meats a pound, it's seven, eight, nine dollars. These are the most nutrient dense foods you can get. So um, a lot of time my plate is filled up more with organs than it is with that expensive ribeye. <laughs> um, so even considering that um, you'll be saving money for sure. Yeah, that's a, that's a great list. And I do think organ meats are very affordable and like you can make a beef heart or a beef tongue for under $10 where I get it from. I think it's under $10. It's grass fed, grass finished. And if you are working on a limited budget, you can save that tongue and eat it in a span of three days with for fillers sure. like eggs. You can air crisp, air, air crisp some beef fat, which is also fairly cheap. So yeah, we did not talk about tongue as, as extensively as we should have. You're yeah. absolutely right. There is so much you can do with beef tongue and it does, it comes in. Um, usually a beef tongue is about three pounds. Mm -hmm. So you, you know, yes, it requires slow cooking because and the removal of the membrane, but you know, that's what I'm here to help out with. There's, there's definitely a million YouTube videos. There's a way to do it. And once you do it once, become a pro and you get to you can easily save that that's actually one of the best cuts to save to put in the freezer because it is higher uh it has a pretty good ratio of fat to protein like a one-to-one -one. Mm -hmm. so it keeps very well in the freezer um, once you heat it back up it doesn't it's not dry it's, it's very very good and you can pan even pan sear it with additional fat uh, and it tastes phenomenal absolutely you made a good point about there's other sort of things in the animal kingdom we haven't talked about. So like you said, poultry, but like there's seafood too, right? So especially if you want to eat nose tail and, and want a quick snack, um, you know, like a can of sardines. I mean, the thought of eating sardines might make people balk, but if you don't look at what you're eating, it actually just kind of tastes like tuna, like you're eating tuna with a spoon and it's like, it's the whole animal, right? So it's like head to toe, Absolutely. there's little bones in it that you don't even really you can't really tell you're chewing on them, but you are. No, there's a lot of calcium in the, in, in the sardines as well. Um, and the other thing with um, fish, particularly seafood, is the skins. So if you can, you know, get, get a hold of fish skins and crisp those up, 
those can become, those are a, basically a form of a pork rind just from seafood. Mm -hmm. um, so that becomes a vehicle for additional meals or additional dipping things. If you want to dip your, you know, crispy salmon skins into your egg yolks, that's an awesome snack. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Seafood is a great option for additional nose to tail carnivore. Mm -hmm. And just for a quick snack to like uh, smoked salmon, I just have some slices, you know, it's sealed in a package just in my fridge. So if I need to grab something quick, don't have time to cook, then I just. Absolutely. And there's, there's more and more um, of these kind of crisps or these um, uh, options for snacks. Um, so yeah, a lot of people are doing uh, what you'll see commonly is uh, the dehydrated meat where it becomes a crisp. Um, as again, a vehicle for something or the pork rinds that we mentioned. I mean, you can do pork rind nachos where you do uh, pork rinds, you put ground beef over top of it. And then, um, you know, your choice of sauce, whether that's an egg yolk or if you're still doing avocados, like whatever you, you, you know, keto carnivore, carnivore-ish. Um, yeah, so there's having, I think when people see it more as like, oh, this is a, an alternative, it's a vehicle for other things, then it, it, it increases that variety. Um, and quick on the go is always, always convenient too, though. You know, as you, as you transition into carnivore, you'll see snacking is, it becomes less of a thing because you're very, very satiated on these. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Petra, you were saying something before. I don't know if you got. Oh, I was just saying that we had some smoked salmon today too. It was so good. Okay. Yeah. Feeling pretty crappy today because again, I'm. This is day one, no coffee for me. Oh, <laughs> honestly, I'm up and down. Coffee for two weeks straight, then no coffee. But I, I know, I know when I'm thriving, and I know when I'm not, and I know when like I get a little bit off track. Having coffee every day messes me up, so I just have to work on that discipline and find out if I can have coffee once in a while or not. Um, so today was a little rough, but I'm telling you, I had a few pieces of that smoked salmon and it was like, I felt my energy just kind of firing back up. And on the whole topic of supplements, I used to, prior to this diet, when I was more, you know, plant-based, I was still eating standard American or Canadian diet, but I always thought plants were healthier. I was supplementing uh, B12 for hair, skin and nails. And like my hair was falling out. So I'm one of those people that is convinced that these supplements are just lies because I start eating meat. I start eating my organ meats and my hair is a bush right now. I have it tied up. because It was wet. I took a shower, but it's like, if, if you guys are, are low in certain nutrients, I highly encourage just get it from the source. There's no better way. Absolutely. Um, hair, skin, nails, you named it. Um, I have found even just I'm cutting my nails like on a weekly basis it's crazy how quickly they grow and even uh, my skin I've gotten more compliments on skin uh, that's a whole nother rabbit hole we could go down as far as putting tallow uh, on your on your skin because I have and myself have started just being more conscious of chemicals and products and whatnot and have turned to tallow products and oh my god it's it's amazing so um, yes beef beef wins again. Um, there's just so many nutrients in these, not only the organs, but the meat. Um, and it, you'll see all around, not only feeling better, but looking better and in different aspects as well.
Yeah. yeah, supplements. I mean, uh, I've written down some like problems with supplements, but I mean, you know, there's the whole issue of like impurities, toxins in it, you know, even paleo medicina, they say that some supplements can contribute to leaky gut. Uh, you don't know if it's absorbed properly, if it's the most bioavailable form. Um, you know, and so I, I was one of those people too, like I was on like 12 capsules of different vitamins and minerals a day. And like, now I'm on nothing and feeling much better than I did. Like, I don't think the supplements really did anything to be honest. Yeah, uh, so broke. They're so darn expensive. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm spending that on on food instead. Yeah. No, but even you know that, and people are. It's. I get it. You know, organs aren't something that if you didn't grow up on them, it's it's harder to wrap your head around. But for me, I always try and give them a different perspective and say, but I go like, yes, now I'm carnivore and organs are very routine for me. If you were to put, you know cookies in front of me or something that was a processed item from the grocery store, I would think absolutely not. That is repulsive. At least with organs, okay, oh man, it's an organ, but you are getting the highest amounts of nutrients. So you do have to keep that into perspective that yes, you know, food isn't always about, um, about, you know, fun and, and being, uh, it, it, I do believe it should be enjoyable, which is why I am so hung on the organ meats and eating those to tail and making it enjoyable for people. But you also have to look at nutrients and, and what it is doing for your body and fueling your body. So twofold, I believe that organ meats, not only is there variety, but it's also the most nutrient dense thing you can, you can provide your body with. So different perspective. Yes, it's a brain, but doing a lot for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, looking at food as a fuel and, and, you know, only really putting in your body, the things that your body needs, if you can look at it as that perspective and not as like a purely hedonistic act, like, Oh, my food has to taste like I'm right. going to heaven every time I take a bite, you know, if you can get away from that mentality, I think it'll serve you a lot better. I agree. I agree. Um, absolutely. So Alicia Petra, you guys have been eating this way for a while. So do you have any tips to add to what um, Austin was telling us about like, you know, eating, you know, when time is a factor and when budget is a factor, anything you guys have picked up that you can add? Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely think we used to, I personally think we used to spend a lot more money on food at the beginning of this diet when we first started, because we were so confused, not knowing how much to eat. I think we were kind of Sean Baker style the first few months with just eating steaks. And then as you learn and as you educate yourself on the importance of the nose to tail, and um, I think it can become a lot, a lot more sustainable. We were actually at Costco today because we get our uh, wild caught salmon from Costco and hamburgers, super cheap. And like, if you think about it, in, it comes in a frozen bag, the, the salmon, and it's 38 Canadian dollars. You get about seven to nine pieces and they're pretty big. And we have that bag for an entire month. We paid $38 for it. I mean, you're telling me you can't afford $38 for your health. Right. And um, I also think like if you can eat grass fed, that's awesome. But if you can't, I don't think that it should be a reason for you not to embark on an animal based diet. Just kind of looking at the meat options at Costco, like I saw a massive um, kind of package of pork belly like I don't even know how many pounds that was like probably five six pounds for 25 dollars 
like you you're good for an entire month it's just all about planning and having your cheap fillers like you said the beef fat the eggs if you eat cheese you can stock up on some cheese um ground beef again hamburgers and then you can have your more expensive cuts and make a roast a week and kind of portion that so i hope that kind of answers really totally doable yeah it's, it is doable it's Absolutely. totally doable and with the especially with the community of people that we have on the facebook groups on yeah. instagram on youtube like it is so doable absolutely For sure. and if if people um again just with the grain fed grass fed if you're worried you know again these are nuances that are if you're eating animal products you're already doing phenomenal things for your body but if you are really worried about let's say you know everyone's talking about the poofas or the grain fed versus grass fed then get the grain fed but go for the leaner cuts and add the fat that you yes. want to add um, to prevent the, you know, to minimize those toxins that are in the, in the fat of the grain fed beef. Um, so there's ways around it. There's tips and tricks by all means. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And if I might add, you know, health is priceless, right? You only have one body, you treat it right. <laughs> yeah. 110%. Yeah. We actually do that too. Like we, we, uh, very rarely eat steaks now. And when we do, they're corn fed but we prioritize that all of our organ meats, bone marrow, all the bones that we use to make broth, that everything else is grass-fed. Absolutely, but that's totally That doesn't reasonable. mean that I won't eat corn-fed. Like when you go to a restaurant in Toronto, I mean, we've had our meetups and stuff. I'm pretty sure what we eat is corn-fed and it's still delicious, right? But So New York is the home of steakhouses. Yeah. There is not one grass-fed steakhouse. So you would have to go to an Argentinian steakhouse in order for there to be a grass-fed option. I've, you know, been living half my carnivore, almost two and a half, three years. Half of that was, was grain-fed, you know, and then you make adjustments. You say, oh, okay, well, the toxins are in the, in the fat. So then I'll add my grass-fed grass-finished suet to a leaner cut. Like those are, those are the details you figure out and yeah. you know, your journey evolves, but by all means, animal products, nose to tail, grain fed, grass fed, you know, those nuances, um, you're doing your body a favor by focusing on animal products to begin mm -hmm. with. Yeah. Um, I'll add a couple quick tips just to save time. I mean, cast iron skillet has revolutionized my life uh, in terms of being able to make a steak quickly. Like really total work time on the steak is like three minutes, four minutes tops. I mean, you know, you got to just thaw the steak and then heat up your oven and put it on broil and I cook it inside there and it, it's very quick. Um, and then in terms of cooking fats, I've been doing beef tallow, but I make it myself. Like it's, you basically just, you know, put uh, some ground suet. I put a couple pounds in the cast iron skillet and cover it for a couple hours. And then I've got all this uh, tallow and I just put it through a cheesecloth and that will last me months and months and months, that amount of tallow. So if people are looking for like a good cooking fat, if it's grass fed and it'll have, it'll be good for you. It'll have all the sort of fat soluble vitamins in it too. So um, that's sort of my contribution to the time thing. And as far as the budget thing goes, I made a post about this on Facebook because I wanted to give people a bit of perspective because like, you know, um, first of all, you know, if you, okay, if you're eating carnivore, okay, we talked about supplements, you save money there. Um, and then on carnivore, you're more satiated. So you're eating less food in total. You're not buying any of the processed food, the, the 
foods the plant foods so that may also reduce your total amount of money spent or maybe it's just a wash and then like alicia said like you know you only get one body and it is literally you right your brain too your body isn't just like from the neck down it's like how you perform in your brain uh like your your intellect so you know you can just imagine if you've got brain fog you're tired you're not performing as well at work you're going to miss promotions you're going to miss job opportunities potentially um you may get fired from a job and then you know so that's money you could be earning that you're now losing because you haven't invested up front in your food and your diet and then later on in life or even earlier on people can become disabled and they go on disability leave they get forced into retirement so we're talking tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of potential lost dollars so i really think it makes sense to like cut a little off the top of like luxuries like lavish vacations or you know there's things that people spend money on that are not as essential i'm not saying don't do them but just cut them down like 10% put some of that money into upgrading your food and you can make a huge difference in your health and you know your ability to perform at whatever you're trying to achieve um and it'll end up saving longevity. you money in the long long run yeah and just overall longevity you're going to live longer and you're going to be able to do those things uh, money comes and goes and you know the upfront cost is is well worth it otherwise later down the line you're going to be spending that money on hospital bills and medications because you are so insulin resistant and you have chronic disease that, well, you know, you're 70, you're 80, well, we just got to manage this. Um, and it's much harder to change your habits at that point. So yeah. yes, I completely agree. Yeah. And sometimes it's too late, right? Like, I mean, earlier in life, you can reverse some of these things, but once you've got a stroke, you've got a stroke, right? Once you've had a heart attack, like that's it, right? That, that part of your body is damaged for good. That's right. Yeah. All right, Austin. Well, I mean, uh, I guess we'll just wrap up a little bit. I, we want to ask you if you had, if you could leave our viewers with one message that would help them with their journey, what would that be? It would be to remain uh, open-minded <laughs> um, and also to keep it simple. Honestly, um, the, the whole reason, um, you know, I incorporated uh, organ meats and nose to tail uh, was to further my health journey and it really has just significantly improved uh, the carnivore lifestyle for me uh, but I didn't it, this wasn't something that was just created uh, overnight so I, I obtained the organ and as intimidating as it may be for people I would get it and I would cook it every way I knew how um, and figured out for me, what is the best taste? What is the best texture? What else could I do with this? Um, so that's what I'm trying to bring light to people and sharing those experiences. But don't be afraid yourself and experiment. Maybe one method is, is better for you as opposed to another. Um, but remain open-minded. Again, this is for your health. This is for your um, overall well-being today. And the choices you make today are, there's no doubt they're going to affect you later in life. So um, getting on board and getting a little uncomfortable, just remain open-minded, keep it simple. Like I said, I don't have the appliances or any of the, I'm, I'm a simple girl, so I can totally relate to that. And, and, um, I've made it work. It's made cooking for me and my, and just the carnivore lifestyle overall, very, very enjoyable. I look forward to every single meal. I look forward to being in the kitchen. So um, I know other people can do it as well. And once they start seeing the effects and how they feel, then it becomes a no-brainer. 
Okay, great. So on that note, um, where can people find you online and what can they, can you help them with if they come to you to kind of talk to you about this stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm most active on Instagram at quality carnivore also on Facebook. Um, I have a YouTube channel that I will be starting soon. So it's, it's up and up and running, but I just haven't uh, posted any videos yet. Um, but uh, my website is qualitycarnivore.com. I encourage you to write into me, give me feedback. If there's certain things that you want to see, especially ideas for videos for YouTube, by all means, um, I appreciate the feedback for sure. Um, and that is also the kind of hub for um, clients to, um, you know, you, of course, they can personal message me, DM me on these social platforms, but the website as well has a form to book an appointment. Um, I see clients regularly. I offer Q&A sessions for those who kind of want to just refine things or if they just have a couple questions versus um, more formal consultations where we're going to be working together on a weekly or bi-weekly basis, whether it's for six weeks or three months, um, getting just getting their carnivore journey started or again, refining it because they're still having some symptoms. Um, and I also do laboratory included in those services is lab recommendations and reviews, whether it's a separate service or with a more formal consultation. So a lot of options, really, you know, just trying to spread the word and help help clients feel their best. I think it is so important. I think diet is such a, um, uh, uh, you know, the, the root cause or the, the, um, the root of a lot of the problems that we're seeing on um, in healthcare in this health space as far as chronic disease, autoimmune disease. So I, like I said, I work from clients that are, hey, I just want to uh, like optimize my health and prevent disease to, hey, I have an autoimmune disease and I, you know, this is my last straw. So um, feel free to reach out on any of those uh, platforms and I'd be happy to help. Sure. Yeah. We'll definitely make sure we uh, link all those in the description. I'll get them from you after this and make sure people can reach you. And yeah, thanks so much for the discussion and for being oh, on our show. Been mine. Thank you guys so much. It's been awesome. And I, like I said, I could go on forever about this stuff. Um, so yes, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's no problem. It's great meeting you. You too. See you. All right, guys. So uh, Alicia Petra, thank you to you guys as well uh, for joining today. And yeah. um, I guess we'll see everyone next time on our next episode. Have a good uh, evening, guys. All right. Take care, guys. Good night. Bye. All right. Thanks. Bye.